Good morning, Storyside. You glad to be in God's presence today? It is so good to see your faces. Uh, I was smiling just earlier when I was watching all these props coming up on the stage, and I thought, well, Micah's back. <laughs> this looks like a Micah kind of message. Um, so glad to have so many people joining us online as well, just a few of them. My man, Jalen Scott, uh, FaceTimed me the other day. I love you, Jalen. I wish you nothing but the best at ORU in everything you're doing, but I'd be lying to say I don't miss you like crazy. Uh, thank you for FaceTiming me the other day. I'm praying for you. Carol Fisher, I'm praying for you, Carol, believing for complete health. Uh, for you. I'm glad you're able to be online. The Decorus family, uh, Faye Boggs, I love you, Faye. Uh, Josh and Haley Sheriff, we still need to get together for breakfast. We've talked about it a few times. Let's, uh, let's connect. Uh, the Hooblers, Phil and Barb Hoobler. Phil's the funniest man on the planet. I love you, Hooblers. Uh, Dustin and Stephanie Wilson and their family, their entire family just got baptized on Thursday. They were here Thursday and got water baptized uh, you're online. We love you. There's a lot of other people as, as well. Uh, Storyside, would you welcome everyone joining us online today? It is great to have you guys. Speaking of baptisms, this has been a pretty special week for impromptu baptisms. We, we actually prayed in one of our pastor's meetings. I love you, Kevin Dunn. Uh, it was exciting to see you in that video, walking, taking steps. Uh, my heart was full watching that. Uh, we prayed the other day for water baptisms, and we, we had a guy show up the other day and was just like, no crowd, I just want to be water baptized. The very next day, Pastor Clint and I was down by the ball field, Jamie, Jamie Fike was down there, and you know, the travel team uses the field, we were talking to Jamie, and a truck pulls in, and a gentleman begins with tears to share with us, the Holy Spirit woke him up at about four in the morning. Uh, to reach out to, to one of his coworkers and ask him, are you saved? Are you ready? And before we know it, same day, uh, leading someone to Jesus to water baptism, was, was water baptized the other night. And then we had another lady show up to be baptized. Then we had this family of five or six that showed up uh, to be baptized. And someone reached out. They want to be baptized after a soccer tournament, I think it is today, at 1.15. And then in the lobby, another family told me, we're getting water baptized today. And so it's just been one after another. It's a great reminder. God is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, he's building his church. And so we celebrate all these water baptisms taking place. And uh, if you want to be water baptized, we got the steps in the water. Uh, we are ready to go. We are celebrating with all those being water baptized. I also want to say, especially, it is so great to have the Davis family uh, with us today. I go back, I think, about 18 years uh, with, with Chaplain Logan and his family and preaching for him. Uh, and then we were talking about um, uh, Oasis back when. I, I'm always reminded of preaching the message uh, for Pastor Walt. Pastor Walt and I, we became friends like 18 years ago when I first moved here, and part of it was Red Lobster. We would get Cajun chicken pasta all the time. My wife would tell you, he was always reaching out to me like, let's go eat. Uh, we connected, and I had the opportunity to preach for, for Pastor Walt. He's one of my best friends, 
um, in, in my time here. And I remember preaching Run Anyhow. And one of my favorite memories, all the guys running around in and out of those doors and out of baseball bat. I, numerous times people will come up to me like, I remember your message, Run Anyhow. Uh, but so, so glad uh, to have your family with us today, your family, the Wade family, uh, who oversee Genesis Centers, Alpha Houses, Georgia Houses, which are men's houses and women's houses for people that are recovering. And their goal is to have a house, a home for these individuals in every uh, county in Ohio. So 88 homes. And I'm so glad that your family's with us today. And we're, we're going to do everything we can on our part to come alongside you and believe that as well. God, give us Ohio. Kingdom come. We will work till he returns, right? And so I am, I am glad that you are here. The Wade family, it looks like they are moving here. They already have multiple houses and homes and Genesis centers, but their goal is to move here and to base out of this area and region and believe that God's going to give us Ohio. And so we love the Wade family. Excited about that. And then Pastor Clint and Jill, when they were sharing about Convoy, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say, I'm so glad we're a partner of Convoy. Uh, we are on pace. We're on pace in the next year to give tens of thousands of dollars. Not, I'm not saying a hundred or a thousand wouldn't help, but tens of thousands of dollars that as a church we are allocating to Convoy. They've been in Haiti. Uh, they have been in Afghanistan. You see here with, with Ida, they're there. And the relationship that's building, I'm hoping we can even give more uh, than what we're giving even now just to continue to give uh, monies designated to convoy. I love that they are able to help in the ways they're helping. And I have talked to one of their key leaders a, a few times now. They're not able to share very much with Afghanistan, uh, but what little bit has been shared with me, uh, I am thankful that we are, even though we're here, we're able to be there uh, somewhat trying to help and serve those people. And so we have two different individuals, convoy and then another, another group that we're sending money to and I just, I normally never say this, but if you feel it on your heart, I've been very burdened with what's going on in Afghanistan. Angel and I are helping. And if you want to help, we are sending money directly there. We, we are aware of numerous families that are in houses, in hiding. And the goal over the next few weeks is to try to continue to get more families out of there. And so a lot of it cannot be repeated. They're not sharing a lot of details. Uh, but I want to make sure, even though we're in Little Belleville, Ohio, uh, that I believe that God could, through prayer, but then also through provision, uh, that we can be part of, of helping these believers, these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, when that bucket goes by or you're texting to given or you're given online, uh, it's, not, it's not just honoring God with your first fruits, and that's big. You should do that. I should do that. But sometimes it's good to know there are some faces, there are some names, there's some real people uh, that's not just money that goes in a bucket or in an account. We're helping people. Um, and you and I may not know till eternity the impact that our giving makes. And so on site and online, I just want to thank you for, for your giving uh, and for your generosity. So I love you and appreciate you. Um, I do want to say happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. Uh, I know some people joke that I only work one day a week and, and eat chicken. That's what some people say, like, what's it like working one day a week? Uh, which I do love chicken, I will admit that, uh, but uh, happy Labor Day, day to me, um, but happy Labor Day, just kidding, it's a joke, it's a joke, uh, but happy Labor Day weekend, 
uh, to everyone. I actually have a lot of jokes about unemployed people, but none of them work. Um, it's, that's, not, that's not funny. It's not. I probably shouldn't have shared that one. I did hear the joke about the worker that told his boss that three other companies were, were after him and so he needed a raise. And the employer said, what, what companies? The man responded, the gas company, the water company, the electric company. Um, and, and Jill, uh, she was up here with Pastor Clint earlier and she was talking about, and I'm aware of some of it, but just the crazy week, even with her job and work and some of the stuff happening there. And I've just got to say publicly, of course, of course, women don't work as hard as men. They get it right the first time. Uh, come on, women. That's your chance. Amen. They get it right the first time. Uh, I want to read to you today out of Luke chapter number six. I want us to pray before we read this passage of scripture. I was awakened probably three weeks ago now, before even knowing a lot of what's taking place currently, but about three weeks ago now, I was awakened with this passage on my heart that I'm going to share with you. And Angel and the kids were asleep, and for, for several hours, I just continued to write, 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 write what I'm going to share with you in the next 30 minutes. And I am asking, I am asking God that he would anoint me with his Holy Spirit, that you would have an open heart to hear what I believe the Spirit wants to say to the church, and that you would be very, very aware and alert to this message today. I think it's very timely, and I want us all to be able to hear God's Word. How many is ready to hear God's Word today? You want God to speak to you? Let's pray together today. God, I thank you so much for this day and this moment. I believe when you put this message on my heart, you knew every person that was going to be on site, Every person that was going to park a vehicle and sit in a chair. You knew every person that was going to be online today. I'm asking you, anoint me today. Let your Holy Spirit speak to your people, the sheep of your pasture. Speak to them today. I promise you, I will give you all the glory. I pray these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Luke chapter number 6. Verse 46, reading four verses, this is the ESV, that is the Bible. We've given away hundreds of copies of the ESV for this Gospel of Luke study. And so if you have one of those, I will read the verses out of the ESV, and then I want to read two of the verses out of the King James Version, which is my Bible I have here. Verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you. I want you to notice that today. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I tell you? Some of you just even as, as parents and grandparents and guardians, you're already like, I have people in my house don't do what I tell them to do. Jesus asked the question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Verse 47, everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. Maybe you've heard this before, but if not, I just want you to see these couple of verses. He gives an analogy or an example of two guys who are building. He said he's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, and when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house. Notice this, and could not 
shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, and when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin, everyone say the ruin, the ruin of that house was great. The King James Version would tell us in verse 48 and 49, Jesus said, He is like a man which built an house and digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, the stream, and I'm drawn to these words, the stream beat vehemently. That's not passively. It's not a little bit. I want you to notice this, that it beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Marla, why could it not shake it? Why was the house unshakable? Because the Bible says it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation. He built his house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. In our time together today, there's a lot that jumped out to me a few weeks ago when I was taking notes that morning, but a few, Chris, that really stood out to me that I want to share with you guys in our time together is at the very onset of these four verses that we read, Jesus starts with the question, why? Why? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you to do? Now, when you and I think of why, not only could you think parentally, you know, kids, why, why, how come, why? Maybe you would think even spiritually, Noah, of some questions you've had for God before. Why? I mean, I, I love Noah Ketter, like deeply. I go back to your years in school. I go back to conversations in my car and you crying in the passenger seat. I, I go back to you sitting in my basement and us watching your cheering for the Golden State Warriors. I'm like, why do I even have this kid at my house? Why do I even have him here? But in our conversations just about life, it would be very easy for us to ask why. When I'm hugging you outside, Sharon, I'm so glad you're here. It's Pastor Desiree's mom down here in the second row. And Sharon, when you and I, even in our conversation, it'd be so easy in life to ask why. Jenny, your story, look at the story of your life and everything you've gone through. You could ask why, right? How old was you when your dad died? 16. And that's just one piece of the story, one chapter. You could ask why. I think every one of us, if we were honest today, could ask God, why? Even Jesus on the cross asked, my God, my God, why? And if we went around the room today, there are a lot of people who could ask, why is that you, Patrick? We've talked before about your business closing and how much that hurt. We could ask why. 
in this passage, I'm only drawing your attention to it because I want you to see that a lot of times it's usually you and I asking God why. But in this case, Jesus says, I want to ask you. This is not just you asking me. I want to ask you. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you're not doing what I ask you to do? I wonder today if there's anyone on site or online who's not doing right now. You're not doing what God has asked you to do. You see, what Jesus says matters, and how we respond and react matters. We need him to be the savior of our life. We're born in sin, every one of us, born in sin. We need him to be our savior, but we also need him to be our Lord. And he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you're not doing what I've asked you to do. When we read these verses and turn the pages of this holy book that we call the Bible, you know the Bible is full of stories where people don't like what Jesus tells them. You know that, right? You know there's times where entire crowds or multitudes or masses abandon him. You know, there's instances where such great groups of people leave that Jesus turns to his most intimate followers and says, you going to leave too? Are you going to leave too? You know, there's stories, Noah, about young people, one a rich young ruler, but, but people who, who don't like what he says, and the Bible says that he walked away sad. If you don't like what Jesus says or does, you wouldn't be the first one. There's a lot of people in the Bible that walked away from what Jesus said. And so today, with you and I not just looking at a story 2,000 plus years old and be like, well, that's great, the crowd, Jesus is talking to them, he talks about two builders. What if we press pause on this Luke chapter 6 passage, and we just fast forward to Labor Day weekend 2021, and we ask ourselves, do I do what he tells me to do? Micah, are you doing what he told you to do? How about you? Are you doing what the Lord told you to do? Although there's a lot of examples, just a few of them. He told us to pray. He said, pray without ceasing. He said, when you pray, say. Say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day, not just Sunday for an hour. Give us this day, every day, our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, but I don't want to forgive. I don't like them. They hurt me. They said, no, but you got to say it. 
and you've got to mean it. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Yeah, but I'm trying to build my own kingdom. Thine is the glory, but, but I like some of the glory. Thine is the power. Oh, really? And then why are you trying to do it on your own? Am I doing what he told me to do? Am I praying? How about praise? The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. But it's not really my thing. I'm not really emotional, Micah. I'm not in the mood. Well, I'm not asking you if you're in the mood. He said, I would that people everywhere lift up holy hands. He said he would inhabit the praise of his people. Are you doing what he told you to do? Worship. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. How about bearing one another's burdens? What a great message from Pastor Justin last weekend and the redwood trees and the roots and the interlocking and we're in this together. You know, some people would say in 2021, I don't need church. I don't need gathering. I'll forsake the assembling and do my own thing. It's just me and Jesus. Let's not just look at a 2,000 plus year old story. I think it's only fair that every one of us ask ourselves today, am I doing what God told me to do? What about forgiving? Or studying. You know, study to show yourself approved. You know, rightly dividing the word of truth or not living by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, this book that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, this, this book... You know the lamp and, and the light book that heaven and earth could pass away. You said, but CNN said, and Fox said, and CBS said, but, but you know this book that really is our roadmap. Am I doing what he told me to do? Am I serving? Statistics are telling us in the last 18 months People serving are dropping off like crazy. No wonder the Bible would tell us things like, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Because all you have to do is scroll social media for five minutes, and it can drain your faith, drain your joy, drain your peace. I think Jesus could ask you and I today, are you doing what I told you to do? He said, seek first the kingdom. But I want to seek first travel sports and kingdom too. Or I want to seek sleeping kingdom too. Or three or four or five. But I, but I, I, want, to, I want to seek my time, my game, my... Are we doing 
what he told us to do with our time, with our treasure, with our talent? Has God gifted you with things you're not using? Has God given you things you're not using? Do you know there's calling and purpose in Jeremiah 29 and Ephesians 2 and there's so many things, whether it was one, two, five, whatever it looks like for you, are there things in your life that you know even right now you are not doing what God told you to do. Jesus said, why do you call me? I feel the Holy Spirit for someone today. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you're not doing what I told you to do. He said, let me tell you how I will liken it. In our final few minutes today, I want you to notice the analogy that Jesus is going to give them. Verse 48 and 49, they're both builders. The example he gives, it's two builders. So let's ask ourselves, as we prepare, just to look at the example of Jesus, what, what are you building? What are you building today? See, we can all get caught up in a lot of things that maybe, maybe they're not going to last. Like if I can get this car, and if I, if I, if I could just buy this mic, and some people even today say, well, I'm, I'm building my net worth, or, I, or I'm, I'm, building the, I'm building a resume, I'm, I'm building a business, I'm building, and I'm not against all of the things that maybe you would say you're building, but I do want to press pause in our time together today and remind all of us, myself included, that we need to make sure we are building the right things on the right foundation. So in this analogy that Jesus gives, he says, okay, when you're building, a storm is going to come. Tim, a storm is going to come. And the two guys building, one is going to build on a firm foundation. And one is going to try to slip by or slide by with sand. And you're not going to know the outcome until after the storm. In other words, when the storm comes, you're not going to be able really even to have time to go back and get ready. You need to be ready. And the outcome is, one guy's a storm survivor, and the other guy has a great ruin. And in this example that Jesus gives, he said, I want you to see it through the lens, Zach, of storms. Storms. In our final few minutes, I want you to see some things that jumped out to me about storms. The first is that we could have surprise storms. Surprise storms. Have you ever had a surprise storm show up in your life? Maybe even in the natural. It's not on the radar. Like when you look at, you know, people joke about, well, it's Ohio, stick around 10 minutes, it'll change, right? You ever hear stuff like, and it's true a lot of times. Surprise storms. Now, if you were able to look at your life and everything was on the radar, 
oh yeah, so this is going to happen, and then my company business, and then this is going to happen at the church, and this, and then this is my friend here, so on this date, I need to be prepared for that, and then, okay, and then this here is on the calendar. That's not how life works. It's like when you're on a plane. Maybe you've been on a plane before, and they're going down the middle, snacks, you want some snacks? You're like, well, you're, you know, and my kids are always like looking so far, like, I want to get these free pretzels. Like, yeah, pretzels at home. Like, you just something about, yeah, but I'm getting these like little communion sized pretzels for free. Like, there's four of them in there. Like, we're ripping you guys off. Like, you're getting your coffee, you're getting your Sprite, and right in the middle of it while they're going, and you want some snacks, do you, do you want, and all of a sudden the plane. And, and they, they could come over uh, and tell, the, this is your captain in the cockpit. And you're like, I hope that's where you are. Like, it's where I was assuming you were. I don't want you anywhere but there. <laughs> Not funny, but it's true, right? <laughs> like, if he was walking down the aisle, like, snacks, snacks, you want a Sprite? Like, what are you doing back here? <laughs> like, but here's what they can tell you. We are experiencing some unexpected turbulence. That means we thought we were going to give you like Sprite and coffee and pretzels, but we actually need you to sit down, put your backside in the seat, put your seatbelt back on, because right now there's stuff happening that's way more important than your Sprite. You need to sit down and put your seatbelt on. That's an unexpected turbulence. That's a storm that could catch you by surprise. Angel and I got caught in a Chinook with Pastor Kristen and others one day. You know, there was a mom separated from her child and stuff. They told us it was possible with Chinooks where we were at in Banff. You, couldn't, you could see nothing, nowhere. There are such things as surprise storms. And sometimes you can have a storm that happens in your life. It wasn't on your calendar. You weren't prepared for it. And in these storms, that phone call changed your life. The doctor said, your boss said, your employer told you. You read the text, you saw the email, you got the news, and it changed everything. I could take you back. I could take you back to where I'm laying, what I'm doing when the phone rang. Your dad had a massive heart attack. I could take you back to where I was. I could take you back to where I was when the phone rang and said, hey, after almost 46 years of marriage, your, your parents are getting a divorce. And I'm thinking flashbacks of everything from praying with my parents and 21-day fast and all of these things. I could go back to the place, the call, the time where I sat, my mind flooding with emotions. I know if I scan the crowd today, I remember where we were when, when the miscarriage took place. I remember the emotions and all of that. I guarantee you if I started with Pastor Clint and I went all the way around the room, couldn't you tell me about the get-together and your mom and the hospital and the emotions? Couldn't we go from side to side and begin to talk about all of the surprise storms that can happen in life? wasn't on the calendar, wasn't advance notice. My faith didn't get the forecast 21 days out. 
There's seasonal storms. There's brewing storms. Seasonal storms that certain times in your life, sometimes even ages, seasonal storms. And then brewing storms, where it's not even here yet, but you look out and you're like, oh, that storm look, looks like it's coming this way. Right? You know what I'm talking about? When you see a storm on the horizon, I have felt this way the last probably 18 months, that sometimes even in the spirit, it's not all here yet, but you're like, it feels like it's coming. You know, sometimes you feel a storm in the, in the air. And say, wow, this just feels like it's going to storm soon. That's a little bit how I have felt the last 18 months. Like the storm isn't fully here yet, but it sure seems like it's on the way. There's such things as storm watches and storm warnings. Storm watches is it's a possibility. A storm warning means that it's occurred somewhere, someone saw it touch down, and they're telling you it's not just a watch, it's a warning. And I just want to submit to someone's soul today. I don't think in 2021 it's just a watch, it's just a casual, lackadaisical, almost like, well, maybe might. I think it is a warning. You need to get your heart right. You need to get your soul right. You need to get your mind right. You need to get your family right because you and I need to be prepared. Whether it's a storm in a week or a month or 10 years, you and I need to be built on a firm foundation. A firm foundation. And then you have scary storms with levels. You have storm damage that takes a toll, the effects, the aftermath. Maybe today as I'm talking, you could think about some of the storms that you have faced in your life. What are some of the storms you've faced? What are some of the storms you're facing right now? I have people that ask me questions every day, every day. Pastor Micah, what should I do with my job? What should I do with this decision? What do you think of this? Is it tied into that? Pastor Micah, pretty much every day, people has a question. What are the storms that you are facing right now? And when I talk about scary storms, what I mean is that the enemy would love nothing more than for you to be scared. When you hear the news or you, you look at social media, like I said, it's very easy for you and I to give in to fear. Even though we know God has not given us a spirit of fear, you can start thinking that the storm, especially if you're, if you're hearing all of this stuff and it's like, it, it's this level and then it's this level and, and you're starting to think about what about my spouse and what about my kids and what about... And when Jesus is talking to them, he reminds them that what is greater than the storm? Because the enemy wants you and I to think only about the storm. He wants to get all of your emotions, all of your feelings, all of your thoughts 
revolving around the storm. And Jesus tells them, like I think he would tell you and I, not every storm is going to be stopped. Now, I know some of us want that. If we prayed prayers, every prayer we prayed would sound something like this. Rain, rain. Right? Wouldn't you like to only pray those prayers and God always answer them? Rain, rain, go away. But Jesus lets them know some storms are coming. And when they come, what is the most important thing in the storm? Your foundation. And one guy had it, and one guy didn't. And so as you ask yourself, as we close out this message today, as you ask yourself about your foundation, about your readiness, about your preparation. What do you do when you know a storm is coming? Now, every family may be different, but what do you do when you know a storm's coming? I am married. I don't know if any of you know personality tests. There's a lot of them, but I am married to a six on the Enneagram which means there's probably nothing that could happen that she hasn't already thought through. I could take my kids to a Friday night football game. I could take them to the park. I could take them on a flight. I could take them, doesn't matter what I do, and I'm gonna have angels saying, now if this happens, and if this happens, and then if this takes place, and then you gotta know, She's, she has thought through all of these things. A lot of ways it can be a blessing I got to say that she's here. I didn't say it last service. He was in the lobby, but <laughs> it's not funny. I'm so thankful, babe. <laughs> but even in, the, even in the last 18 months when everything's happening, sometimes when you think a storm's coming, right? We, we've all found out how precious this is. Right? This is going home with us today. <laughs> Just by show of hands, how many of you, you only let your family members one square? Like when it was like really hard, like one square. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That's not funny. <laughs> how many people go for water? We got any water people here? One of the first things you think, I either go buy a bunch of water. Right, if you think you're going to lose power three days, seven days, we got any, any generator people? You either got a hardwired generator or you got a generator? I'm always intrigued when you know a storm's coming. It could be a snowstorm, an electric storm, an ice storm, anything. Things are happening in our nation. I'm always intrigued by how many people are lined up at gas stations, right? You're, you're filling your truck, you're filling your van, filling your car. You got, you got your tanks of gas. Like, I gotta get gas. My wife, all the time, see a lantern here, my wife, all the time, she, she loves candles. She has a whole collection, I'm not kidding. 
She has a whole collection of candles. And then when we're out someplace, she'll be like, oh, they got a candle. So I'm like, babe, we got three drawers of candles. We're not going to burn all the candles. We have the rest of our life. But when a storm's coming, she's got her candles ready, matches and lighters and you know, often she'll tell us this, like everyone, everyone's got to charge their phones, right? If, if we're going to lose power, we're going to make sure everyone's got everything charged. You got your candles, you got your flashlights, you got non-perishable items, cut green beans, sweet corn. 2027. It's funny, isn't it? You always wonder, like, what's in this? I make it last that long. <laughs> Woo, this is no joke. <laughs> Even when I was going over this list with Angel the other day, I'm like, so babe, tell me, what do we got to have when we're in preparation for a storm? And she's going through, we, we need a pot to cook in. She like was getting really detailed. Like it's really, we need a pot to cook in. We need can openers. I had a list. She like tripled it. Reminded me of the joke of what do you call a can opener that doesn't work? A can't opener. Uh, that's so stupid. Uh, that's so dumb. These are called non-perishable items. That means that stuff like this, Jen, is going to last. They're telling you it's going to last a long time. It's going to last a long Better get, get yourself lots of peanut butter. Storms come, right? And so I ask you today as we get ready to pray, do you have everything together for spiritual storms? Because all of the stuff that's on your list they are like, if the ice comes, if the snow comes, if there's an electric shutdown, if there's a grid, if politically, if nationally, if globally, and I just want to press pause because I'm not saying all of that is not super important, but I want to press pause and just as your pastor today, just ask you to make sure that you're not just ready for all of the storms and the natural. And you miss out on being ready for the storms spiritually. Because when they come, some of you are in them right now, and I do think it's not a fear statement, but I do think if we look on the horizon, we can see some other ones that look like they may be coming. And I want to remind you today this is not the time to try to slip by or sneak by with sand. Like Pastor Micah, I just don't know if I have time to read my Bible. I got so much going on. Pastor Micah, I don't know if I have time to pray. I never dreamed in my life that there would be, there are some people, honestly, it has shocked me because they valued the church body. I've, I've 31 years now of some sort of ministry. And some of the people that seem like they're getting so preoccupied with everything else, and you see the storms brewing, 
And I just want to remind you today, when I woke up that morning, that you need, I'm asking you as your pastor today, you need to make sure that you are building on a firm foundation. If there was ever a time to make sure that you're staying charged, you, is ever a time to make sure that you're staying plugged in? I think it's right now. If there was ever a time to make sure that you are valuing the non-perishable, I know we can buy and accumulate and do all the stuff that we do in America, but if there was ever a time to make sure that we are laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven that moss can't corrupt and nothing can take away, I think it's right now. If there was ever a time, we better rob is that you, Rob? Rob, you got a case of water? There's a storm coming. You got a case of water? Now in the Bible, Noah, I know we know this, but I just want to remind you today. In the Bible, water is representative of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. If there's a storm coming, do you got water? Can you, can you get some water? Andy, will you bring some water? Will you go get some water? Because we need it more now at Storyside than we've ever needed it before. <laughs> will someone bring me a flashlight? Will someone be the light of the world that on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or on your job or in school, you're not just going to be like everyone else, but here you come with the light of God. Will someone get a flashlight for me in the middle of the storm? Are you prepared for the storm? Are you on empty right now? Are you ready to quit? Ready to throw in the towel and walk away? You ready to fall away? Or are you seriously right now saying, you know what, I've got to get filled up. I've got to get filled up. If there was ever a time to be filled up, I need. Maybe you've even had, maybe you've even had people that have said things like this in your family. Hey, if anything happens, if anything happens, here's where we're going to meet. You ever had someone say, hey, if any, we're going to meet back here. This time, here's where we're going to meet. On a spiritual note, I know what people are saying about don't gather and you don't have to gather and you can do your own thing, but with the storms happening and the storms coming, I think if there was ever a time as believers that we are like, meet here, worship here, pray here, we need to meet right here. I need to see you, Carmels. I need to see you, Jarvises. I need to see you, Chitwoods. I need to see you, Nefs. We need to meet here. And so I'm asking you today, Bryce, I'm asking you, rally your family. Rally your family, rally their faith. Rally prayer, rally togetherness. I'm asking you, Storyside, when the storm shows up,
When I think about this, it actually gets super emotional for me, but when I think about, as your pastor, which I take as a great honor, take as a great honor, when I look around the room, even today, the fact that out of, there's 250 churches in this area, and the fact that myself and Angel and our team, we get to pastor you, I don't take that lightly. I want you to make it. I want it to be well with your soul. I don't want you to miss out because of bitterness or offense or you got sidetracked or I don't want that to happen for you. When I read this story and I hear one guy survived the storm and one guy great was the ruin, I can honestly look at you today and say I wouldn't want the ruin to happen to one of you. I don't want it to happen to Peg. I don't want it to happen to Debbie. I don't want it to happen to Sandy. I don't want it to happen to Doug. I don't want it to happen to Lori. I don't want it to happen to David. I want you to be able to hear, Rob, you and your family. When I'm watching your daughter last Sunday night worshiping up there with her arm going like this on the student stage last Sunday night, I want you to hear well done. I want you to endure to the end. I want you to make it all the way. I don't want our story to be that we were ruined because of the storm. I'm asking you today to tell yourself, I refuse to be ruined by the storm. You say, Micah, how am I going to survive the storm? You build on a firm foundation. All of those things like the Bible and prayer and his presence, you build on a firm foundation. As you close your eyes today and we pray together. If you've never given your life to Christ, I'm asking you to consider it today. If you've never been water baptized, I'm asking you to consider it today. If you know you're not doing what the Lord told you to do, I'm asking you to get back on track today. If you've got on the sidelines, spiritually serving, I'm asking you to get back in the game today. If you know, if you know that you have not been prioritizing the foundation of faith in your life or in your family like you should have been, I'm asking you to, to start today. Today. You say, Pastor Micah, which I've been asked this a ton lately, where do you see this in Scripture? What do you think of this in Revelation? What do you think with beginning of sorrows? What do you think? I don't have all the answers. But one thing I would tell every one of you if it was just you and I talking that there's never been a time that I think you need to have a firm foundation more than right now. More than right now. This is not the time to cut corners. This is not the time to get lackadaisical. It's the time to keep your eyes on Jesus. It's the time for you to believe that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't get so caught up in the storm that you miss out the most important part of those four verses. It's not that the storm came. The most important part is that you and I can survive the storm. That's the most important part of the story. We can survive the storm if we have a firm foundation. 
with eyes closed all over the room and those that are joining us online, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for your peace. I want to pray some of you that that you feel like the storm is hitting you from every direction. I want to pray that that foundation, we sang about it, the anchor holds, the anchor holds, we sang about it today, the anchor holds, and that's what I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that the anchor would continue to hold you. You would be reminded today how important that foundation is. If you're listening today and you've never given your life to Jesus, or you know it's not where it should be, you know it. I don't even need to tell you, you know it's not where it should be with God. And today you're like, you know what, I, I want it to be well with my soul. I want to be forgiven of my sin. For others, you want God to help you to get away from that complacent status quo, lackadaisical, lukewarm. You know it, you know it. And you're like, God, I want to be right today. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. For others, you really sense the Holy Spirit telling you, get your priorities straight. The things that matter most, a firm foundation. If you feel God talking to you today, just with eyes closed, I just want you to lift up a hand. Just, it's not even so much for me. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. For you and God right now. It's for you and God. I want to do what God tells me to do. I want my faith to be strong. Hands are still going up. I want my faith to be strong. Hands are still going up. Some of you that would even say, I'm praying for my family today, Pastor Micah. I have family members. I want them to survive the storms. Maybe a family member's coming to mind. I pray for our church. I pray that we would always be a church, the Holy Spirit, the fuel, the fire of God, the presence of God that would say in the middle of the storm, you can meet here. In the middle of the storm, you can meet here. God, I look around the room and I see people even praying for each other, couples that either hold the hands or have their arm on their shoulder. I see several parents down here praying for their kids. Families praying together. God, help us to keep a firm foundation. A firm foundation in our faith, our family. That not every storm gets stopped. Some people in this room today, they're facing storms right now. Right now. But one thing I'm confident of, that he who began a good work in us. God, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. He who began a good work in us is able to keep it to completion that you're the first and the last beginning and end alpha and omega in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil god i thank you today for saving i thank you today for forgiving sin I thank you for that person who's saying god i want to be right i want to turn my life over to you i want to turn my life around I believe you're hearing their prayer today. 
for others who know they've got sidetracked, but they want to get on track. I believe you're hearing their prayer today. And for all of us, I pray that we would be reminded today of what matters most in the storm, and that's Jesus. I pray that you would help us to continue to keep that firm foundation. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Story side, are you thankful for Jesus today? Can we stand all over the room? God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your spirit today. I thank you for being the anchor for us today. I thank you for being the firm foundation today. If you're physically able, would you just raise up your hands to God right now? And just say, God, would you keep me under your shadow? God, would you keep me in your presence? Would you keep me anchored to what matters most? Just tell him today, God, I thank you. I thank you. Christ alone, cornerstone. Christ.